So if you could open your Bibles with me to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, would you come now by your Spirit and be present here with us that we might hear this word uh, and that we would believe it and that we would entrust ourselves to you and follow you and help others to follow you. Would you do that work, Father, as we as we hear this text preached and as we hear the things uh, that you have for us in it. So do that for us, Father, and that we might that we might praise your name together with the throng of all the saints one day in your presence, uh, in glory, in, in heaven. Your son's name. Amen. So this is this is a text that's commonly referred to as the Great Commission. Have you ever heard of that phrase, the Great Commission, and known where it is, this is it. This is what it's talked about in the Great Commission. And it gives us the framework for the discipling gospel work Jesus Christ has given to his church to spread his glory in the salvation of peoples. And I say peoples because that's what the text says. Uh, and the text will say peoples. The text, This text particularly says all, the, all nations. So we're, and we're not talking about just... Uh, political nation-states. We're talking about different peoples, different ethnicities, different cultures, different languages, all the different ways people identify uh, with each other. Jesus is saying, we will reach all of them. This good news is for all of them. So our aim then is to glorify God. And to do that, we develop practical ways that we make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see those implied in the hows of this text, Matthew 28, 18-20. Because this text gives us, I think, four essential things. It gives us the ground, the basis for making disciples. It gives us the command to make disciples. It gives us the how, in broad strokes, to make disciples. And it gives us the promise of Christ's presence that ensures making disciples. And we will briefly look at all of these and then uh, have some application focus on the hows of both global and local discipleship. So it's Advent. This is the first Sunday of Advent as we celebrate and anticipate and prepare our hearts for celebrating Christmas, the first coming of Jesus Christ as an infant. And Leanna, my wife, and I had the privilege of going to the St. Olaf Festival of Christmas this past week. And it's something we've never done. We've seen it on TV and not that many people apparently can go. I mean, it's a relatively small auditorium for the demand. And their theme was good news of great joy. And they were talking, one of their texts was Luke chapter 2. And verses 10 and 11 says, And the angel said to them, talking to shepherds in the field, that they appeared to them to announce the coming of Christ, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the peoples. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. And in that declaration of the angels on that first Christmas, we, we, hear, we hear what's going to be echoed here in the Great Commission. We hear that Christ is Lord, and we hear in the Great Commission that no one has authority over Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ. We hear that it's good news that we have to share that's for all the peoples. And here we see that it's for all nations. So we hear these themes all the way back in Christmas brought forward into the Great Commission at the end when Jesus has died, he's been raised from the dead, he's shown himself alive, and now he's leaving to go back to his Father. And this is the last thing that he says to his church, his disciples. Go and make disciples. So we want to be disciples making disciples. And when we were in that auditorium, there were well over 500 performers in the orchestra, five different choirs, and there were times when even we in the audience would sing along. So you have over 3,000 people, and you've got this conductor, this one conductor, and he's doing 360s around the room. He's directing choirs and orchestra, and he's turning around, and he's directing us, and he has all authority in that room to direct the music. And when he's doing it, it sounds beautiful when we follow his authority. So this one man or woman, they had a lot of conductors and they would come and go, but there was always one of them directing. And when they're directing, they had all authority and we followed. And over 3,000 of us made beautiful music because of that. And so Jesus is the one who has all authority in heaven on earth and not just over music, but over all of our lives, over everything that happens. And so we want to focus on this, all peoples and all nations, and we're going to take a look at these four things um, in the Great Commission, the ground, the command, the how, and the promise. So let's start out with, um, we want to start out with uh, that he is the one who has the all authority. That's, that's the ground. Because he has all authority, we see then in verse uh, 19, go therefore. And that therefore tells us that, that we're going. The therefore says, do this because of this. And the because of this is Jesus has all authority. So because of that, therefore, then go. So we have this command to make disciples. And we're going to actually see, in, the, in our English text, we're going to see essentially four Four verbs that are acting here to, to tell us what to do. So it says, go, therefore, and make, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we have these four things. The, the main command here is make disciples. That, in, in fact, that's, that's the only true verb in these verses. The rest are what we call participles. They're verbal. But I don't want you to necessarily think that because make disciples is the main verb, that it's the, it, it's the only thing here that has this, what we, uh, this force of command, what we call uh, a, a force of command or an imperatival emphasis. Participles can do that too. What it does tell us is that making disciples is the main thing in this text. That's what we are called to do. And then... As we're making disciples, uh, 
there are reasons why we want to, to do that. And we can talk about the, some of the penultimate, some of the many reasons we have for wanting to make disciples. First, let's ask what a disciple is. And a disciple is one who follows, imitates, obeys, and reveres above all others the one who they follow, namely Jesus Christ. So we make disciples for the glory of God. And it is the glory of God is seen in that Jesus is the only one who saves. And he is the greatest treasure we have. And when we tend to find something that truly awes us, amazes us, satisfies us, is our treasure, we like to share it. You know, for me, oftentimes, you know, that's, that's great coffee. I love, I find great coffee. I like to tell people about it because it's great and I treasure great coffee. But great coffee will only take you so far in life. It won't pay the bills. It doesn't save your soul. So coffee is great, but in a very limited scope, right? And that's the way it is with everything in all of life. We find things that are good, they're limited in scope. But Jesus is a treasure that goes beyond any scope we have because he is the one who saves us from our sins. He saves us from the wrath of God. And so we are we are happy to treasure him and eager to share him. And it is for his glory that we do that. But when we see the word disciple, we also think of discipline. We are trained to be like Jesus. We are in training. We are becoming like him. It is a work. And it's a work he does. And it's a work that we participate in. So we have something to do too. But I don't want us to think, I don't want us to think when when, the te- when we have these commands and the text says, teaching them to observe, that we're talking simply about to-do lists. The two greatest commandments on which the entire law and the prophets hang are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So the greatest commandments on which all the other commandments flow is a command to love. Love God and love neighbor. And if that's the command, then we need help with that because it's calling for this emotional heart response. Uh, that, that's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be like Jesus. And so don't think of it primarily as a list of do's and don'ts. It's a call to love, and everything else flows from loving God and loving other. It is lifelong. It's not a one and done. So this will happen mainly in relationships. Relation to God, relationship with each other, because it's so big and it's such a big calling and it's a lifelong calling and it's a call to love and not just do a few tasks. An example of this is we see, uh, if you remember the Billy Graham crusades and Billy Graham would come and he'd have this big crusade and thousands of people would hear him and people would come forward and uh, believe in Jesus and, and receive Jesus. But you know that that crusade, those people worked very hard to make sure that all of those people were connected to local people because they knew that just hearing the gospel proclaimed by a guy who was going to show up and then take off uh, after after the service wasn't going to be sufficient. That people needed to be connected in relationships, be plugged into local churches, and and be made disciples. So that was important. And that's our call, to make disciples. So how, how do we make disciples? Our aim is to develop practical ways to make disciples of Jesus Christ implied in the hows of this text. We need practical ways. It's not enough to say, go make disciples. My question is how? 
Well, we go. That's one thing we do. We go across the street and we go around the world. We are present alongside and involved in the lives of those we disciple because it is a lifelong calling. And it is also spiritual warfare. In Rosaria Butterfield's book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, she talks about this. She talks about how as hard as it is for you to go ask somebody to come over to your house for dinner or just to talk to them, it's also, we don't always think of it this way, it's also hard for that person we're talking to to accept that invitation. There's spiritual warfare going on. We're, we're connecting to people for spiritual purposes and this is a difficult thing to overcome. So when we go to someone's house and we say, hey, do you want to come over to our house? And they say, no, I'm busy. Or no, I got this and that and the other thing. And we say, well, okay, I, I tried. Or maybe even sometimes we go, whew, whew, well, that's over anyway. We have to realize that we need to be praying for them to accept our invitation because they're facing obstacles too. Who are these people coming over to my house? And, and ultimately we know we're, we're here to, to call them to Christ. So we know these things. We go baptizing. So we go to make disciples, and we go across the street, we go across the world, but we're also called to be baptizing. So why does Jesus point out baptizing? It's because we bring the gospel to people. We are leading people to believe in Christ. And so baptism is sort of where that starts. Right? We're baptizing. That's where, because what, what is baptism? Baptism is this public declaration that a person makes saying, I believe in Jesus. I am following Jesus. I am entering with him into his death and into the resurrection he offers. And that declaration is a place where we can see a person saying, I belong to Christ. I'm a disciple of his. And so we, we baptize them and we continue to make them disciples. So in, in baptizing, Jesus is, is summarizing. He's giving us a focus point, a start point. But we realize that all the other things that are required to bring a person to a point of declaring that Jesus is their Lord and Savior and that they will follow him and become like him, be a disciple of Jesus Christ, all of those things are implied when we say baptizing because we, we, we are also helping people get to that point. But but baptizing, that's where we really, that's where we can focus and say, here we have a disciple that needs to be discipled. So then the passage gives us teaching, teaching them, and I would argue, and ourselves, but we're teaching them to observe all that Christ has commanded. So in teaching to observe, that that that's more than just um, that is more than just saying we're going to impart information. Because the word observe is talking about something where to observe something is to continually keep it, continually put it into practice, continually obey. Um, it, it, it's a long-term thing to observe something. So it's not just head knowledge here. Because if the, if the two greatest commands are to love, then, then if, I'm teaching, if I'm helping teach someone to observe that, then... I need to help them love and help them learn how to love and to keep loving, to love and keep loving. So we need to walk alongside those that we're making disciples. We need to walk alongside of them. And we need to, we need to love ourselves. I mean, not love ourselves, but we need to be, be those who love as well. We need to model loving for those that we disciple and we need to help them love. Love God and love neighbor. 
So what are some of the elements here of teaching them and ourselves to observe all that Christ commands? Well, we go with humility. We pray for ourselves and those we go to because it's spiritual warfare. So we're praying for ourselves and those that we go to. Um, We seek to know Christ as disciples ourselves. We are disciples making disciples. And Christ is the one we're making disciples of. I'm not making a disciple of Kevin Dow. I'm making a disciple of Jesus Christ. He is the one who has all authority. He's the one who's given us the command to make disciples. He's the one who's called us to go, baptizing and teaching to observe. It also calls us to move towards other then. So we're praying for others and we're moving toward them. Jesus always makes the first move towards us. Jesus loves us first. He moves towards us. He dwells with us. So then we also move towards others. We are being like Jesus when we disciple. We make sacrifices. We sacrifice the resources God has given to us for the good of others. This includes our time, money, energy. It means we enter into the mess of other people's lives and we allow other people to enter our mess. It's part of where discipling takes place in the mess that is our lives. And so that's hard. And we say, oh, do I really want to do that? Do I really want to enter into the mess of someone else's life? Because that's going to, That is going to consume my resources. Yes, it will. And it's what we're called to do. And allowing somebody else into the mess of your life, well, they're they're going to mess around in there. That's what they're going to do. And we're we're going to allow them to do that because they're in it for our good as well. So we're discipling each other. So we sacrifice time, money, energy, and we enter into messes and we allow people to enter into our mess. We seek to know another person's heart. We ask, a, we ask basic questions. We ask, how are you? We listen before we speak. We listen for circumstances. We listen for strong emotions. We listen for heart desires when people tell us their story. When we say, how are you? We're not satisfied with fine. We want to hear real stuff, and we're listening for these things. We know and enjoy the person in front of us. We want to enjoy them. Because if we don't enjoy them, how can we how can we walk with them? How can we enter the mess of their lives and still love them? So that's what we're called to do. We respond personally. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those we weep. We, we get personal. We personally respond to what someone is telling us. And we pray again and again as we hear somebody, as we get to know them. We pray for them. We pray with them. We direct them to God, the one the one who has the power to change them and the one to whom we are calling them to be like. So we pray with them, turning to Jesus, and we pray for them. We talk about suffering and sin. We embrace hard conversations. We don't shy away from hard things because we know that's, that's where the mess is, and so we go there with them. And we remember in humility that we are more like the person we're discipling then we're different from them. We too are sufferers and sinners. So finally then, we also reflect on our dependence on the presence of Christ in our discipling work. We pray often for help. We remember that we work because God works and not the other way around. And that's what we're up to in this because finally we have the promise. We have the promise of Christ's presence that ensures that disciples will be made. Jesus himself is with us, all of us, all the time, 
until the end of the age through the presence of His Holy Spirit. It is His power and presence by His Spirit where real transformation that makes us disciples that are like Jesus happens. So we have the basis for making disciples. All authority has been given to Jesus on heaven and on earth. And we have the promise that He will be with us to the end of the age in this work. So we have, we have His authority and we have his, the promise of His powerful presence with us as we, as we go to make disciples. And we do it through going, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that Christ commanded. So then, we have opportunities. We have immediate opportunities to make disciples. And one of the reasons why we're taking a departure from the book of John to preach this is because this is our global focus week as well. We want to focus on making disciples locally and globally. So here are just some of the opportunities we have to make disciples. And we want to do it using these methods that we've just talked about. Baptizing, telling people about Jesus, bringing, seeing them come to faith, hearing their declarations, and then coming alongside of them, living life with them, all right, as we, as we hear them, as we speak to them about hard things, as we pray for them, as we pray with them, we ask them how they're doing and we listen. We speak truth to them. Here's our opportunities. We have a prayer meeting coming up this Wednesday over at, uh, over at the Joneses' house. We've got Spencer and Caroline Jones who host a prayer meeting every week on Wednesday. And this week we're going to especially pray for uh, glo uh, the global work of making disciples. We have the international dinner coming up on Saturday, the 8th, where we're also going to come and we're going to hear uh, Jason DeRoshi speak to us of these things. And so we, we want to learn what it means. What is going on in the world? What's going on in the global effort to make disciples? We have the Lottie Moon Fund. We'll be taking that offering next Sunday. So uh, be praying about that because we already ask you to give sacrificially and we're asking you to give to this because all of the money that's taken up in that offering next Sunday for the Lottie Moon Offering goes to the International Mission Board to, to move forward global missions. And we have a perspectives class coming up in January. Uh, North, a church in Northfield is going to be hosting the perspectives class. Perspectives on the global missions movement. Did I get that right? Jamie's not here. Did I get that right, TJ? Perspectives on the global missions movement. And it's a great class. It's, you can take it for credit. If you're in school, you can transfer it in. Um, and we're going to be getting out information here in the next week on that. It's coming up in January. And if you want to gain a greater vision for missions, that is a great place to go, the perspectives class. And so those are opportunities we have for global, global missions just this week. But we also have opportunities in front of us immediately for local making disciples. Because I'm convinced that people who make disciples locally will be most concerned about making disciples globally. If we are concerned about this effort to make disciples, that we're doing it, we're going to be concerned that it's happening other places too. So we want mission to be on our hearts and motivating our lives. So a couple things I have is there's this, there's this book called Caring for One Another. Some of you already have it. If you're a member, I have a copy for you to give to you today, free. And there's a little note in there that describes it, and it, it, it helps flesh out this method a little bit more fully. And, and how you use the book, and, 
And the, the things that are in there, the details, you can learn on your own. But I have a copy of that for you today. So if you're a member, we have a copy for you. If you're not a member and you'd like one, we're going to have them on our book carts. I don't think Spencer's here today. I don't think they got on the book cart this week. But they will be on the book cart, and they're going to cost $5. So you can pick up a copy. And I want to encourage everyone here to go through that book, either in a family or a group of friends. You might even consider doing it as a community group, but you may or may not do it that way. But get together with others. Read the chapters. It's, it's 63 pages. It's eight lessons in 63 pages. Read it. Go through the questions. Wrestle with this stuff. And care for one another. Hospitality is a means to care for people in Christ. Bringing people over to your home, going over to their home, getting together, going out for coffee. Hospitality, just inviting people into your life in order to have these kinds of conversations and care for one another. Hospitality is a means of making disciples. And and uh, we, we do it by... Uh, not only telling people about Jesus, but by modeling it, showing it, um, being, uh, being someone who offers the grace of the gospel from our lives into somebody else's life as an overflow of what Christ does for us. So let me conclude with this. just want to recap what we've talked about this morning. The Great Commission gives us the framework for the discipling gospel work Jesus Christ has given to his church to spread his glory in the salvation of the nations and of all peoples. And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we're given four things. The ground for making disciples. All authority is Christ's. We have the command to make disciples. Make disciples, and we have this means, this how. We do it by going, baptizing, and teaching to observe. And we have the promise of Christ's presence that ensures that disciples are made. Because it's really God's work to change the heart and to turn people towards him to replace the heart of stone, the Old Testament says, and replace it with a heart of flesh. A dead, cold, unfeeling stone with a living, a living, breathing, feeling organ that responds with faith in Jesus. So let our aim be to glorify God as we make relationships with each other and our neighbors, both locally and globally, that make disciples using a practical model that fits our occasion and circumstances that conforms to this word. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray to that end. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we want to ask you for grace. Grace that our hearts would be motivated to hear this word and to invest ourselves in the making of disciples, the willingness to go, whether it's across the world or across the street, to talk to our neighbor to talk to one another, to build relationships, to use small talk, to draw people into our lives, not to keep them at bay, and not to stay in the small talk, but to get to the meaty, hard things of life where people are struggling and need to be known so that we can minister God's grace effectively to one another, to pray for each other, to care about one another. Father, would you do that work in our hearts that we might glorify you as we care with gospel intentionality for the people around us and that we would be about this mission that you have given to your church, that we would help each other and help each other do it well. 
for your glory and our joy. In your son's name, amen.